0: Hello, and welcome to The Art Podcast. I'm Tom Cox, and on today's episode, I'm speaking with South London artist, Marcus Aitken, who's been turning heads in London's art scene with his tantalizing abstract expressionist paintings. In 2020, he was named by Saatchi Art as a top 20 artist to watch, and has been featured in publications like Condé Nast, Culture Trip, and many more. In this show, we talk about how jewellery, graphic design, videography, and sculpture all led him to where he is today. We share ideas on social media and talk about the exciting collaborations that he's been working on recently. I hope this show offers you some insight and inspiration. Enjoy.
1: I think in terms of like how I would describe myself and my work, gestural always is like a word that seems to come back whether people are describing it or what I use to use to kind of describe my work.
0: I can definitely see the gesture in your work how would you describe it to someone listening?
1: So the work is really intuitive. Um, I never, I always have a plan whenever I'm about to start a painting, but it never really sticks to a plan, which I quite like. And I think is actually really important within my work and what I do, because I don't, I don't want it to feel too structured. The, Mm -hmm. the kind of, point of my work is that it's unstructured and that it's very human and you can you can almost follow my brush strokes and and see where I've gone and the layers which have happened before that and that's those kind of things are what I really like to try and show my audience Um, and if if that kind of comes back to me and people tell me they can see that I think yeah mission accomplished
0: okay so uh you quite like to demonstrate your process to the viewer when they're looking at your work they can kind of see almost the hand of the artist the direction in which you've made these quite gestural brushstrokes
1: yeah exactly
0: exactly yeah okay so let's go back to the beginning where were you born and
1: raised so I was born in Hythe, which is in the UK in a little town which is near Southampton okay um but I actually grew up in Portugal um and I my mum sort of flew back to the UK to have me because back then hospitals weren't that great over there Mm -hmm. and it was a bit tricky because my mum's not fluent in Portuguese yeah um so yeah I I kind of I was born there but I grew up in Portugal till I was about 12 years old.
0: Wow. I, ha- I did not know this. Yeah. yeah there we go. Cool. <laughs> and do, did you speak any Portuguese? Do you still speak any Portuguese?
1: Si, son poco. Mais ou menos. Ah, Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, not really. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give uh, or take. Yeah, <laughs> you can understand yeah.
0: probably more than you can speak, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I, I can get by. I used to work in restaurants and stuff there. Yeah. So I, I understand the basics, um, but that's about it. Oh, but, you
0: started work early.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well you know in the summer i'd go when yeah. you know i wasn't at school and stuff like yeah. that i'd I'd kind of spend more
0: time there um yeah 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 so, so you came back to uh england when you were 12 yeah and and where did you move then was that when you started your life in london or
1: so no i went i went to a school um over here uh until yeah which which i think my brothers had done and i kind of felt yeah, I, I would like to, there's, there's just more opportunity over in the UK and London, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure everyone can kind of relate to. Um, so I wanted the same for myself and I moved over um, and then, yeah, that's kind of, I, I guess, what did school and then went to, went to uni in London after that.
0: Mm-hmm. And so at what point um, in your childhood or in your teenage years or, yeah, w- at what point Was it that you decided you
1: wanted to be an artist? Um, Yeah, I've been asked this question loads of times, actually. Um, But yeah, quite young. So basically, I was a bit of an entrepreneur from a young age. Okay,
0: yeah, like to hear it. um,
1: (laughs) What I was doing was in the summer holidays, um, because, you know, kids just... I I always found that I was so bored in the summer. I was always (laughs) just like, oh, there's nothing to do and all this stuff. So I'd spend my time painting, like pop art style portraits okay of all of my friends yeah and then what i do was sell these pop art portraits back to their parents amazing and that that was probably at like oh, i don't even know how maybe like f- 14 or 15 years mm-hmm. old mm-hmm. and i was doing that for quite a while and i started getting a little reputation and yeah yeah i mean yeah these, these pop art portraits are uh, they're not great yeah <laughs> <laughs> But the energy was there. The energy was there. And the parents liked it. Yeah. And I think that actually, it was like a invaluable lesson into the art world of like what it takes that, you know, the creativity, then there's the business side of it. Yeah, yeah. How do you price your works? So the hustler was there early. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, And so is this when you started to, you know, I suppose then in school, you were reflecting this in, in your art classes. I imagine this is when you started to really take more of a passion you're already getting a reputation amongst your friends as this guy who's making the portraits
1: yeah I think yeah definitely when I was at uh, school sort of later on in life in the UK I kind of I was definitely part of the like art crowd um and spent most of my time in in the kind of art studios when you know whenever I was able to um because purely just I really enjoyed being around other creative people and kind of being part of the conversations that happened there. Um, and just being really free and experimenting with different things. You know, I did like screen printing. I made my own like fashion line at one point. Yes. You know, we all do. Oh no, it. come
0: on, tell me about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, oh it's just yeah, it was it was it was all like based on kind of like Vivian Westwood punk kind of stuff. And yeah. I was like really, really into all of that. So I was doing all these like really like raw stitched textiles. And then I turn them into paintings and collage stuff. I think, I think when you're at school, you're, you're asked and you're kind of almost expected to try every element of art, whether yeah. it's sculpture, you know, like, you kind of start painting in the style of Roy Lichtenstein and yeah. all of this, these different things, which I, I think is really important because it, it kind of makes you go through all of those different stages to understand, yeah, that's the thing that yeah. I really like or yeah do you know what that's the thing that I suck at yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't do that yeah. anymore <laughs> Yeah, um, and it, yeah it, it kind of took that time and you know even when I finished school and I was kind of applying for places at uni I still didn't really know like most people what I wanted to do but I did know that I love art I love being creative mm-hmm. and I love creative people mm-hmm. Um, so if I can surround myself around those sorts of things and those sorts of people then I'm going to be a happy guy mm-hmm. and Yeah, there wasn't really anything else that I wanted to do. Yeah, so it was quite a natural progression.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is something I tell people all the time. Do whatever is like fun, you know. If you find the fun, you'll do the practice. If you do the practice, you'll get really good, Mm. you know. So it's I think like you're saying there, like you found fun in it, and so you just kept pursuing it, and now here you are. So you were saying then then you went on to university. So yeah. where did you study your uh was it, did you do a foundation or did you go straight into a BA?
1: Yeah, I so I did a foundation which uh was at Camberwell. Yeah. Um which was interesting. Um that it was it was a kind of a, a mixed year because I was very excited to be there, but I don't know, I I never I didn't really find my grip of what I was doing there. Cause again you're still kind of experimenting. Yeah. Um, which is almost the point of a foundation. Yeah. Um, And I didn't really hit my stride there. But then when I left, I went from my foundation to do my BA, um, which was at LCC, London College of Communication. Yeah. Some people would know it used to be back in the day, London College of Printing. Okay. Um, But yeah, I think when I started there, I really kind of found my stride and met a really great group of friends mm-hmm. I met my wife there yeah so yeah it was it was a really great time and I I think I got so much from it and I I kind of found where I was with my art practice mm-hmm. you
0: came into yourself as an artist sort of thing you like started to embody that definitely or get the idea of who you were as an artist now the course you were doing there if I'm not mistaken was it graphic design yeah. So okay. So why did you choose graphic design? What was what was the reasoning behind this?
1: So it, yeah, the, the the course title was graphic and media design. Okay. Um, and I also kind of as a, a, a side thing, I was doing film studies purely because mm-hmm. I love film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the reason why graphic design, um, I think when when it came to the the sort of time where you would choose the different subject areas that you wanted to go into, graphic design to me seemed to cover a lot of bases that I was interested in. Um, but it yeah, it was one of those things that's quite funny. I I definitely stuck out from most of my classmates because they were doing a lot of work on Photoshop and Illustrator and those sorts of things and very mm-hmm. kind of strict layout branding and things like that. Yeah. I when <laughs> Most of the stuff I was doing there was actually very, very sculptural. So I kind of within that, I specialize in illustration again, because there's no rules. You know, Mm -hmm. I think if you say illustration to someone, they think, you know, like a a fine pencil drawing or something like that. Yeah. But it's a much bigger, broader subject than that. And I when we were kind of being advertised about what the different courses were, I really liked that. And I, I was kind of like, yeah, I love that idea that it can be anything and I can. Flex my wings and just experiment, Mm -hmm. which I did. Um, So I was, I was making all sorts of stuff. None of it on the computer. So I'm a terrible graphic designer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Um, So yeah, when when I was there, I was doing a lot of sculpture, and that's Mm. kind of what where it's, I guess, my kind of professional sort of re kind of like selling artwork started again Mm. within sculpture, and that's what I was doing when I left uni. Okay, so how old are you at this point? Uh god, good question. Um, how old are you when you leave uni? I think you're. I think I was like tw- 21, 21, 20, yeah, 20, twenty-one. Yeah, yeah, twenty,
0: twenty-one, something like that. Yeah. So you didn't do any like gap year or anything. You went straight through. Yeah, went straight through. Straight through. Okay, so you left at twenty-one. Yeah. You're out in the real big bad world.
1: What yeah. did you do? Um, for, basically, what everyone does, you go to art school. You you think. <laughs> and get a job. Right. Um, <laughs> w- what's next? How do I how do I make money? Mm-hmm. Um, which is really hard. And mm-hmm. I think everyone who does I mean, you occasionally you get the students who will be, you know, go to art school, they have an amazing degree show, they'll get picked up by a gallery and then boom, their art career is off. Yeah. That didn't happen for me. Mm-hmm. Um and it doesn't happen for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's very Most. <laughs> Yeah. So leaving uni was quite a daunting, scary um, and I was kind of I didn't know what what to do I was just sort of like so I don't know I got, I got a job working behind bars um, I was working as like on construction sites for quite a while yeah. um, in a frozen yogurt shop you know all these yeah yeah different jobs all, all whilst kind of in the background still creating my art and doing bits and bobs but all of it. I mean, at this point, I wasn't selling any work. No. Um, I was doing little exhibitions here and there that mates have put on or that I'd applied to and I've got got in. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, the art was just costing me money at yeah. this point. But I still loved it. And I, I, it was really important to me to keep it going. And I knew I knew that it, this is how the art world is. It's yeah. like, it's hard. It's yeah. really hard to get going with. And it takes years, mm-hmm. which it did. Um so, yeah, at, at that point, I was mostly making sculpture and I, I actually, off the back of the work that I was making at uni, um, I was creating set design stuff for like okay. um, Secret Cinema. Oh, really? Which was, yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, really yeah. enjoyed I've it. I've
0: been to one of the I went to the Blade Runner one. Was oh, great. I Fantastic. didn't go to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were, you were part of, I'm assuming, quite a large team. Well, uh,
1: so no, the, the way that they, this one worked was they just found different artists and they wanted us to make or procure. So I, I made a few new pieces for it. And I also mm-hmm. kind of, they, they took a few of my, my works. Um, so that film was, uh, the, the one I did for it was Terry Gilliam's Brazil okay um and I was at the time making all these weird like sculptures out of furniture which had like actual hands and legs and stuff there's yeah, a lot of comedy yeah. in it yeah but yeah. which which fit very well with the kind of plastic surgery mm-hmm. changing of bodies themes in the film um so yeah it, I really enjoyed it but I kind of quickly came to the realization that one being a sculptor in London is very hard because space you don't yeah. have it mm-hmm. and storing these things I was like they, they were quite big you know yeah they're like full tables full like armchairs and I was yeah. like where do I what do I do yeah. with this
0: I can imagine like you make four or five of those and you literally are done you like you have no more space yeah <laughs>
1: at, at the time I could deal with it because I was um living in a property guardianship um which I don't know if anybody knows is where it's like old abandoned kind of buildings that they basically want to stop people from squatting so they have people rent them for very cheap and I had like a studio space there which was great yeah but i knew that was temporary and i could get kicked out any any moment yeah so yeah my next kind of movement in in art was setting up a jewelry company okay um
0: god you've done it you've done a fair few uh, projects
1: yeah so. <laughs> yeah i think it i think it kind of uh, speaks to my personality yeah, that yeah I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's kind of always like what's next what's next mm. i always need a project
0: excited by new ideas
1: very, very yeah. much so. Okay, so
0: let's talk about the tour. Which I think
1: then. actually is kind of, I don't know, from the little, well, I, you know, we're, we're friends, right, Tom? So I know a little bit about you as well. And you're, you've are you kind of dipped your toes in lots of different creative projects yeah. that, uh, among the years so yeah
0: well I mean I actually uh made a t- I tried I attempted to make some t-shirts at one point thought it was a great idea and uh, everyone does yeah I've still got about 300 t-shirts so uh, oh, all right, all right <laughs> my children will be wearing the same t-shirts the carnival t-shirts I know t-shirt. what I'm getting for my birthday then <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um but no yeah it's, it's always good to be uh yeah it's sparking your imagination
1: it's playful and it's it's exploring the new so jewelry So, yeah, I set up a jewellery company based on the stuff I was doing with the sculpture, Um, which, yeah, initially I loved. I really, really liked the kind of creating and going really small and really kind of high end fine. So I was using silver and like learning about it and doing the casting and stuff, which was really, really exciting and interesting to me. Um, But then it kind of got to the like, right. Let's make some money from this Mm -hmm. and marketing, which I found super, super hard because the fashion, which is, you know, jewelry is more, yes, it's an art, but it's more kind of like the fashion world, really. Mm. And I found it really hard to get my name out there. And I found that once I'd made these products, that was like a really small part of it. The rest is all like, you know, which celebrity can you get to wear your necklaces Um, and uh, yeah, I I found it really, really uncreative actually. Yeah. So that's kind of when I started thinking I love creating, but I'm not, maybe this kind of like area of art isn't for me. What's the most creative thing I could do Mm -hmm. that keeps me really interested at all times and kind of has like limitless bounds so that's when I thought yeah I'm going to return to painting. So okay. that's when it all started again. And so
0: what age were you at this point when you decided right this is it I'm going to I'm going to give painting a shot as a proper you know career.
1: I think probably about 23 maybe. Okay. Um and at that point I was I was kind of just I bought you know some canvases paints and stuff and I was like I'm just going to have fun with it. I yeah. missed the creative side mm-hmm. and I didn't put any kind of like let's make money stamp mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just purely doing it cause I was kind of like, yeah, I want to have fun and I want to like feel a bit more free in my creative, um, sort of endeavors. So yeah.
0: And now <laughs> <laughs> we've got a gap. So when did you have your first successes when you were, uh, practicing your painting?
1: So wh- when I started painting again, um, not too long after I kind of got my first, proper art job Mm -hmm. um which was with an art consultancy um which was yeah i what were they called uh so it's arctic arctic yeah who i still work with now really great company um and yeah they do a lot for artists so i can't speak highly enough of them yeah um but yeah at at the time i was working with arctic and i i spoke to, to patrick who's the uh director there and i kind of said to him look i'm doing this artwork on the side i'm currently i was pitching curations uh to different various different corporate companies in the city um all sorts of places and i said could i start pitching my own art into these but under a pseudonym um okay so max perry was born (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, max perry. where
0: did you get the name max perry from
1: Ah, uh, it's a combination of things so i love two things so simpsons mm-hmm. there was this one episode i don't know where homer like rebranded himself as max power yeah mm-hmm. um so i was thinking like max that's a strong name yeah I like <laughs> that and then Perry, Grayson Perry, at the okay. t- I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a fan of him. That is a hell of a work. combination. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, how do you, how do you create a Yeah, a, a yeah, yeah, man. great. But yeah, basically what I, I was doing, I was kind of creating work um, and pitching it among lots of other artists, mm-hmm. which was, uh, it was incredible feedback mm. for me because I was pitching it's a, it's a my work. Yeah, it was a crit and I was getting it. Yeah. I was pitching my work to various different clients who had no idea who Max Perry is. Yeah, um, they didn't know it was me, obviously. Yeah. So I was I was kind of receiving all sorts of different feedback, yeah. and you know, there's there's right in front of, I don't know, whoever it might have been uh, in in this various offices, and sometimes they'd be like, "Yeah, I love love this work," and you know, sometimes it worked out, and they and they would rent it or put it into their collection, which was like, "Well, hey, mm-hmm. amazing day for me." But other times it was like, yeah, do you know what? I really don't get that and not for me. (laughs) So I was sort of sat there being like a bit red faced, and sort of like,
0: okay Yep. Um, <laughs> I, like, try not to get hurt and crack on with the yeah, job <laughs> exactly
1: exactly but it was all those yeah. things that I loved because it's kind of like unfiltered feedback mm. about your work yeah, which, yeah
0: and they don't know it's you yeah it which
1: is good. really really hard to get yeah, these days yeah. because no yeah. one wants to hurt your feelings right yeah um and you know I've done lots of art fairs and things like that mm. and people most of the time they'll be like yeah brilliant really nice which I love hearing sure but you're always looking for that criticism and how yeah. can i improve that and yeah. why might that person not like that i'm really interested in those ideas mm. as well so yeah it was it was super invaluable and that's kind of where i guess the kind of my sort of painting art career started to kick off
0: yeah that's amazing i mean you're so right um the importance of a crit that it's, it's something that, you know, they practice in art schools, but once you go out into the real world, it's that it's super valuable to have that person. Um, in my old studio, I had a guy called Malcolm Willett and at about 2.00 PM every day I'd message him and say, come on, come and slag me off. And he'd come and look at my work and he'd be like, stop using pure white out of the tube. You know, and he'd like, he'd just tell me off for all of these like rules that I was breaking. Yeah. And I would listen to about 10% of it. And then I'd crack on, you know, <laughs> the rest of it, I'd just block out because I was like, nah, I don't like the sound of that. Don't like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. And I'd take, take a little something. And even if you didn't take anything from what they said, it just gave you a new perspective on your work. Yeah. I think that's yeah. so valuable. Um, okay. So that's how you started off. I think that's amazing. The Max Perry.
1: <laughs> do, do, what's happened to Max Perry since then? So Mac, Max Perry is, is no longer... Um, yeah. Which was funny 'cause there were you know, some with a lot of these like rentals or sales, uh, for these various different curations, sometimes there would be plaques with the artists. And yep. there, there was quite a few Max Perry plaques out there. <laughs> so the mystery is is still there. Yeah. I don't think but I've I've a number of years ago as I I kind of said, Look, I don't work for the company anymore. I'm mm-hmm. doing this like I am Marcus Aitken now. Yeah. So yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe somewhere out there, there's a there's a Max Perry. You might whack. see them
0: going up at Ooh, auction. You do yeah. have the resale right. <laughs> yeah, <they're> like, <laughs> this going... guy, has got no
1: website, no Instagram. He's just he's he's, off the grid. Yeah, completely elusive. <laughs> Who is he?
0: Um, okay, cool. Let's talk a little bit because we've spoken about it before um, about social media and yeah. how that plays a role in in well, the marketing of yourself as an artist. Because mm. I know you're quite uh, prolific on social media and. Very good on the reels, which makes sense now because you said you also studied film on the side. So yeah, that yeah. brings it back in. So let's talk a little bit about um, Marcus Aitken, the social media. I
1: thought this would come up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was yeah. It, it, it's such it's such an important thing these days. I think if you're a artist, you you need to be on some sort of social media, and it's kind of almost expected of you. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's, it, it's gone through such like chops and changes of like apps and what's good and what's not working. I think right now is actually a really interesting time. Massively. So everyone's kind of like Instagram. It's like everyone's talking about the algorithm, right? Yeah. And it not working, which is true. And it's affected me and it's affected you. Mm-hmm. And every artist I know as well, there's no hiding from it because you can see just like, you know, yeah, yeah i used to get thousands of likes on a on a on a post and now kind of like it's a lot less than that yeah um, the engagement has gone down yeah they're trying to keep up with
0: tiktok and like yeah the, the, the nature of the game is changing
1: and yeah. it's yeah it, it always is and yeah. it's it's a really interesting because lots of people having these distant discussions now they're kind of like ah. Oh, so they're all moving to this new platform called Vero, which yes. I, I've just joined like three days ago. Yeah, and I saw you on <laughs> there. And I was like, Yeah. So it's it's like it's a minefield because you're like, mm. What am I is this the new thing? Or mm. or do I just I mean for me, I was like, I'm gonna sign up now, get my name on it, yeah, and see where it goes. Because yeah. it could be another TikTok thing where if you didn't get on it early, you're gonna get left behind. And yeah. it's like
0: there's a reward for sort of new users, you know. You get more extra engagement because you're at the start. Of yeah, something. but then it's just like, is it just another platform we're going to have to run on top of? Exactly. The existing exactly. One? exactly. Yeah.
1: It's it's so much work, and I think you know, I'm I'm I've got to grips with Instagram. I understand it. I mm-hmm. think right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a it's one of those things where you're kind of like like TikTok is a whole different ball game, yeah. and actually. I was speaking to someone um, and they were saying a, a kind of like influencer and they were saying that they, they have to be on all these new platforms and they have to be because it's like part of what they do and they have to, if you're not, if you're only on Instagram, you're going to start losing a following base because you're mm-hmm. not reaching out to these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem comes is that with these different platforms like Instagram, what you post on Instagram is a very different content than what which would do popular on TikTok for instance. Yeah. So it's it's a whole job in its own like yeah. social media. Mm-hmm. Um and it sucks up so much time if yeah. you want to do it well. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's an in, it's a really interesting area and I'm, Are you I'm on kinda, TikTok. I am. Yeah. Okay. I start do you know I've I've not like put that much effort into it but again yeah. i kind of started account like a year ago yeah and i just kind of post something on it now and again yeah um but yeah i i fully admit i don't fully get it yet and yeah. i it's it's a it's a strange one i'm not sure if art is the thing on it it seems to be like dance and comedy is like yeah what it's mostly there the, for there,
0: there are some platforms that like lend themselves to mm. the, the medium that you're doing and and instagram used to be that and, yeah. and and that was photographs because we, we produce things that can be seen in stills. And now it's trying to keep up with TikTok. It's very quickly changing. And I think a lot of artists are finding that super hard. Yeah. That's this attraction to this new app Vero and mm-hmm. this huge yeah. exodus, not exodus, but this huge like adoption that happened this week, literally like what, three days ago, two yeah. days ago, yeah. I just, all my WhatsApp groups were blowing up. And every single artist I knew was suddenly going over to Vero or Vero, I don't know how you pronounce it. Who knows? <laughs> it's what? so early days, yeah. Um could be gone tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I put one post, I was like, yeah, let's see how it goes. But it is it is one of those things, like, can can I be bothered to to commit to engaging in that audience? But audiences change, you know, and uh yeah it's in some ways you're like oh do i want to have fomo or do i want to think damn i should have got on that early mm, mm. Yeah, it's a tough one because it takes a lot of time away from what we love which is painting
1: <laughs> yeah it, it it is a real like time sucker and, mm-hmm. and i'm hugely guilty and i'm sure many people are that you yeah you you kind of prepare your posts and all that stuff but you do get dragged into all the other stuff and you yeah it's a huge time waster sometimes yeah um i i Having said that, though, it is a really good source for inspiration and you'll see stuff you like. And I've got like a huge saved file of like, I'll see a a kind of like, I I look at a lot of figurative painters and I kind Mm of, I I see elements and I kind of take those elements and Uh, try and put them in my paintings. And so, yeah, it's really useful for that that side of things. But as you said, it's a really interesting time to see where things go. I think Mm -hmm. almost now we're at a point where people are kind of realizing I can't rely on Instagram and social media it has to kind of come back to a bit of a human element and yeah. you know, working with galleries in person mm-hmm. and, and sort of relying on that. Because um, I think through lockdown, every artist, including myself, we, re- we entirely relied on Instagram and yeah. we were selling through that platform only. Yeah. And at that point, the galleries were kind of sort of thinking, oh, what, we what do we do? Because yeah. artists have got all of this power. But I think now it's kind of come back and yeah. for me personally i've started working with certain galleries in a lot lot more, like a closer capacity now and i'm yeah. m- i'm again i'm much more reliant on them again yeah so it's kind of going back to the old ways of yeah. how how to sort of sell your work
0: and how how do you find that how 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 did you find during the the pandemic how did you find being more self-directed and how do you now find like how do you compare the two
1: yeah I think I was, like many artists, I was really surprised at at how the lockdown went because I was really nervous. I was like, I'm, uh, I'm kind of annoyed because I was like at getting to a really nice point in my art career that I was like, oh, things are taking off. This is great. Mm-hmm. And then boom, pandemic, everything's shut. All my opportunities and exhibitions went down the drain. And I was like, oh, how frustrating. But then this whole artist support pledge thing started and I was selling to people individually which i i really actually enjoyed it i was mm-hmm. i was super busy and i yeah. i did very well out of it which i did not think was being going to be the case yeah um so now looking at where we are now we're out of lockdown we're kind of i think instagram sales have definitely tapered off um mm-hmm. I, maybe it's just the time year. who knows let's see mm-hmm. but yeah I, I i really enjoy working with the galleries that i do and mm-hmm. building that that connection with them mm-hmm. um and, and which galleries are you working with at the moment um so i, I work shout with, them out <laughs> shout them out so I, I work with you tom yeah um which is which has you know been great and it's really been nice to see you grow and i think when you when you actually first opened the gallery i said to you like i and i really meant it like well done for doing this because every artist i know including myself wants to do this at some point they always mm. think i'd love to open a gallery and it's mm. such a big thing to take on. So, yeah, I commend you for doing that. Thank you very much, man. Um, but, yeah, other galleries that I work with, uh, Turner Art Perspective, uh, they're based in Essex. They've got two, like, really big spaces. I think they've got a third now. Like, one's almost a warehouse. Oh, wow. Um, and they've been taking me to sort of, like, affordable art fair and things like that. Yeah. And, yeah, been it's been going really well. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: was that the one that I saw in, I went to the affordable in Hampstead,
1: in May, yes. So I saw
0: one of your pieces. Was that with this gallery?
1: That's that's with that gallery. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I, I kind of I work with a lot of art. So previous I've done affordable art, where, art fair with uh, Gina Cross, okay. who's who's become a friend. Um, and she kind of sort of has her own art consultancy gallery as well. And she mm-hmm. she represented me in the previous art uh, affordable art fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I work. I don't know. I work with a lot of art consultancies and a lot of mm-hmm. smaller galleries. Like I work with this small gallery. Um, called Pistol Gallery in Scotland, for instance. And we've just done a little project together, um, which I'm really excited about. And I think we're going to do an exhibition in November. Fantastic. Um, So where
0: where in Scotland?
1: So they're in uh, Glasgow. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm really enjoying kind of like building those little relationships again. Mm. Um, And I think that is so, so important with art. It's, Mm. It's not it's about community and it's not yeah. just about a community of artists. It's also about the people who are selling your work and mm-hmm. advertising you and marketing, marketing you. Yeah. Um, because most of these people, they've become my friends and yeah. I really, really value their opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way of getting sourcing that feedback. Uh, I suppose, especially when you're back to letting someone else sell your work, you're no longer in front of the person who's buying it. You're not, you're not privy to the conversation. Mm of what that person is saying necessarily. So they might be, you know, the gallery gets all of that. And if you've got a good relationship with that gallerist, you can get that feedback through them. Yeah. You know, if you don't maintain a strong relationship with the gallery, then you'll just get the paycheck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's
1: so much about what you put in, you mm. will get out. Yes. You know, if if you uh, slapped out, oh, uh, this gallery's asking me, I'll uh, just give them something that's not uh, this old work, yeah. and, you know, and you just kind of cobble something together. You, I'll expect that, Back in, in kind of what, what comes from it. So, you know, if you put the effort in, you make some new works, you really kind of like put your all to it. I think, you know, if you're, I've always, if you're really proud of what you've done and Mm. you, you've got a good connection, I think things will start happening. Things are
0: going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so going back to, um, you know, collaboration and connection, uh, I know you also, you know, and going back to, you know, the things that you've done leading up to your art career, Mm um you do do a lot of collaborations uh yeah. you quite maybe was it last year you had the fashion uh collaboration with was it a Japanese brand
1: yeah so with uh Farrah um which is is a UK brand actually okay. um but they're basically launching it in Japan yeah and and they used me to launch it which was which was very cool very cool very cool, very cool yeah T- today I think still my like the best project i've done i loved it yeah yeah and so
0: what explain to the listeners what what exactly it was that they did with your
1: work so i was yeah i kind of was contacted through you know various different people as these things happen friend of a friend recommended me and then i kind of was shortlisted amongst a a number of different artists they were looking at but they were essentially looking to so farah is a hundred year old company oh wow um and they are sort of known for men's jeans or trousers um and they were lo- they're launching in japan which there was year and a half two years ago now i can't remember um and they wanted to create like an artist signature piece so what happened was i had a film crew um filming me wearing their trousers their clean cool jeans right yeah and then over the process of me creating this big canvas I was sort of like all the mess and stuff on the jeans that were happening so my paint getting splattered so after that I sent those jeans back to Japan and Mm -hmm. they reproduced those jeans to sell as like unique uh limited edition artists signature jeans that's so,
0: super cool so how many limited editions did they make i, I
1: can't remember did I you get a pair i got a pair or did you just you didn't keep the original. i did get so a you, pair you got yeah,
0: yeah. The, the the duplicates basically you got you got an edition yeah i, know. That's so I, cool, I,
1: yeah. I, I always wonder that actually what who has those originals? Yeah, yeah, but it's, I, <laughs> I, I still items. have no idea how they did it because yeah. the stuff, the ones I got back, it's like exact. I know my colors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like they're exact. I, I, is it like they look like they've been almost screen printed on? Because yeah, there's yeah, raised yeah. textures on them and everything. Raised textures and everything. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah, the, the craziest and like the best thing about that project, I was, I was getting tagged on Instagram from all of these people who were buying the jeans in so Japan. Cool. Um, and tagging me because my name is in the back it said it's like marcus aiken times farah japan yeah yeah um, so they were finding it online and so, yeah
0: that's that must have been an amazing
1: thing. yeah it was it was a really really like great feeling because i was kind of it it was a moment for me to reflect on everything that i'd done and yeah. i was sat there kind of thinking wow this is really cool like <laughs> yeah. i've created this product and there's people across the other side of the world yeah. i've never been to japan yeah um sort of tagging me in these yeah, pictures yeah. of them buying these products. And like, yeah, it was it was really, really cool. Really cool.
0: Yeah, that sounds amazing. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that was probably quite a big highlight in your career. But yeah, my next question was going to be, what would you say is the biggest highlight of your career so far? If, if not that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, um, I don't know. That There's been so many little highlights, which I've kind of sure. like, become sort of come to form as one really thing um i think i don't know yeah as a project that probably was one of them really great um i've had so many other experiences as well which i've really really loved and have been so sort of they've changed what i do in a really positive way um like for instance i recently went to an art residency in italy and had a really good time I made friends with Roy, um, who who, was, who who runs it. And it was just a really nice time to explore myself, explore my work, um, and just kind of like take a step back from all of the like madness and just say, yeah, this is what I do. And I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, th- there's so many, it's hard to kind of pinpoint one, one thing. Um, I think above all, it's just meeting the people that I've met. Mm. I'm always like people when whenever someone sort of writes to me on emails me another artist and just sort of asks for some sort of advice or something like that I always say the number one thing is building a community Mm. Um, and I think that's that's so important and invaluable in art that you have like-minded people around you who want to help you and you can help them as well Cause it's, it's like, I can't remember exactly the expression, like all ships rise together Mm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's that community and moments like that, which have been like really, really fulfilling and really important to what I do.
0: Mm. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So you've recently, well, not
1: so recently now had a baby. Yes, I have. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what is she called? So uh my daughter is one and she's called Ellis.
0: Ellis. Wow, one. That was quick. Yeah, I know, <laughs> man,
1: it's flown by.
0: Um, and I mean, what are the joys and challenges of being an artist and having a baby?
1: So all the cliches that you hear about having kids, they're all absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's 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 the best thing and the the like most amazing thing that I've ever done and has happened to me, um, which is you know cheesy as it sounds, it is true. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's an absolute life changer mm-hmm. having kids, and I think it's it's definitely the biggest thing that I'll ever do. Yeah, like I'm I'm certain and I'm happy to say that right now, it is the biggest thing that will ever happen to yeah. me. Um, cuz it it puts everything into perspective um and just makes you you value certain things in a in a new light mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it's been amazing and like the the past year has been an absolute whirlwind mm-hmm. trying to just balance yeah the art life um and bec- you know being a dad who's yeah. there helping and i think you know I, I would like to say I'm a good dad. and I am that I always am. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard and it's challenging at times, especially being, trying to be creative Yeah. because so my, my studio for instance is a converted loft space in my house. Yeah. Um, And I'll, I'll hear kind of Ellis cry or something. And I feel like it, it's like a instinct. You're like, Oh, I want to run down, help out. But if I'm in the middle of something, it just like cuts that in half and you're kind of mm. like, Oh so it's hard to balance. It's yeah. hard to balance, but I think it. What I've realised, it just takes a bit more organisation and thought about when you're going to do these these creative tasks and projects, and yes. and it's kind of just having to shut off from it a bit. Mm-hmm. So planning, planning, Pla- planning, planning is, is everything. Ca- oh man, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Me and my wife we were just so kind of like everything we do is like very planned yeah. now, and yeah. yeah so your
0: your your creative time is is scheduled in. You've got everything set up. Everything's ready for it. And when you go into that zone now, it's like, right, nothing's going to stop me.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I would love to say that. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to say I- yes. Ideally. <laughs> ideally, yeah. yeah, yeah um yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've always, b- before having Alice, I've always kind of had a very sort of structured work day in terms of art. So mm. I kind of treat it like a bit like a nine to five job. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much a morning person. So yeah i'll I'll get my best stuff done in the morning and okay. to be honest when it hits sort of four or five i'm sort of done anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, i don't like working at night for, and you know you'll understand that you need the natural light yeah yeah um yeah, definitely so yeah i think things are definitely more planned now and, and it's it's sometimes hard to plan creativity like i think yeah people sort of think of artists they're like oh yeah when the moment's right and mm-hmm. you'll feel it and all that stuff which is yeah is a nice thought but yeah. reality is that that's not the you, case you've done a lot of
0: work to get to that moment to
1: allow yourself to have it as yeah well, you know like, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. you you kind of you make it happen and you yeah. you know you when you have spare, spare moments and stuff like that that's when you'll you'll kind of like crack on with stuff
0: yeah
1: okay cool um right
0: two questions that i ask everyone yeah one who's your favorite living artist
1: um, so this is probably an unusual answer because I guess, no, they're, they're completely different to what I do my practice. Um, it's an artist called Paul McCarthy. Yeah. Not, not McCartney, which everyone thinks, oh, the Beatle, not yeah. him. Um, he is this mad genius. He he, he's li- lives in LA. Um, and he just creates this crazy performance art. Mm-hmm. And I think the first time I think if you've ever read any of my interviews, this is always the answer I give. So okay. if you're hearing this now, you know, sorry, you're <laughs> going to hear it again. Um, but he he creates the these crazy performances. And the first time I saw one of his films, I think it was like in the 60s or something like that. It's called The Painter. And it's basically, he's mocking the art world and he's mocking all the like big abstract painters. Um, and I loved that. I loved the like, how courageous he is and how he, he went about that. And because the art world is a crazy place, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. There's It's an amazing place, which is why art is interesting. But he kind of takes it out of this whole sphere and just takes the piss, mm-hmm. but in a really great way. And it's super memorable. So yeah. I'd recommend checking him out.
0: Paul McCarthy. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll, I'll put that in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, okay. And finally... What have you got coming up?
1: Um, so at the moment, I've kind of, yeah, I've got like a, a little show in Scotland. Um, I think that's going to be in November. Yeah. Um, which is going to be very small works, actually. But This is the quite a p- few Pistol Gallery. Pistol Gallery, yeah. yeah. Um, and there, there's a few other things that I'm doing, like this uh, dining experience, which is kind of like paired with food and art. Um, okay. That's in September. But yeah, at, at the moment, my focus has actually been, again, collaborations. Yeah. Um, this is a no- really annoying answer uh, because I can't really disclose what they are yet because they're not, haven't officially been like released or are mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for, for, one of them is done. I'm just kind of like waiting cool. for that to just like be released, yeah. um, which yeah, it's kind of, one of them is, is kind of me sort of giving my advice and it will be sort of like teaching people how to create art and specifically abstract art. Mm. Um, and the other one is, it's kind of a similar sort of thing to what I did with Farah, yeah. um, but with a paint company. So okay. yeah, we're going to, yeah, I'm really looking forward to sort of like finishing those and seeing those come to light. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of it like off the top of my head for the year. Yeah, um yeah. which is the things i'm working on at the moment a-
0: and if someone wants to follow you on instagram what
1: is your instagram handle so it's marcus aiken yeah. and then it's just a little underscore After and that's A I T that. E N. A I T K E N oh sorry k e n yes my bad yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
0: okay fantastic all right well thank you very much for coming on and uh thank yeah, you Tom. Speak soon.
1: Yeah. yeah cheers cheers bye
0: Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Marcus Aitken. It was an absolute pleasure to have him on. So after the show, we actually signed him up for our South of the River exhibition, him being a Tulse Hill artist. The show launches on the 8th of September and it's 15 to 16 artists all from South London, all across South London, some of the finest people we could find. We put an open call out, we selected some artists, and. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm also going to be showing some of my latest jungle pieces. So get your butt up to the gallery. It'll be open to the public from the 9th of September to the 2nd of October. If you'd like to come to the private view, you do need to RSVP. So get on the website, tomcoxstudio.com. Go to events, exhibitions, find South of the River, and there'll be a link there to RSVP. I hope to see you on the night. It's going to be an absolute blast to celebrate all of the talent in our South London communities. And thank you to everyone who applied. Obviously, we couldn't show absolutely everyone in the exhibition. There were so many talented submissions. So have a lovely week. I'll be coming out with the next episodes in a couple of weeks. Stay inspired, stay creative. Much love.